Good morning. Thank you for joining on the Remnant Podcast. This is Jackie Wade, and I'm your host for the Remnant Podcast. I want to thank you for being a part of this session today titled, Why It's Important to Protect the Anointing That's on Your Life. Why It's Important to Protect the Anointing That's on Your Life. Uh, We're going to look at Judges, the 13th chapter on today, and I want to talk about the story of Samson. Many of you already know uh, what happened with Samson. I want to go into his life a little bit and talk about how we can uh, see the things that were originally put on his life from a baby, from a child, to how we um, ought to protect the anointing that is on our life. God gives each and every one of his believers a special anointing. And that anointing is not just for us to, you know, do the things that we want to do, but more so to accomplish the purpose that God has put us on the earth for. A lot of people don't know their purpose. If you read in the scriptures, you'll find out that your purpose is to please God. Um, Your purpose is to please God, to be obedient, to do all of the things that he asks for us to do as kingdom individuals, kingdom citizens. Once we acknowledge Christ as our Lord and Savior, the wonderful thing is, we're not governed by this, the standards of this world any longer. And so what happens is a lot of believers will find themselves struggling. You give your heart to Christ. You'll go to church. You'll serve. You'll do all these things. But you're still operating in, in, in the senses here, like what you see, what you hear, what you, you only, you're operating in those senses and to, and to be able to, uh, uh, tap into the kingdom of God. You cannot use your senses here, you know, looking and seeing and all. You have to use your your fifth sense, the faith sense. You have to walk by faith. You have to walk by faith. Because the reason I say that, and even the word of God says it, faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, again, one of the reasons why we were put on earth was to please God. And then how do we please God? by using and activating our faith. Everyone has been given a level of faith when you come into the body of Christ. So once you're in the body of Christ, now you have to get in the Bible-believing church, first of all. and But second of all, you have to really understand that if you're going to live in a, in a level of dominion and authority according to how God created us and for us to be, once we have been born again, we have to walk by faith. And we have to use that faith. And just like we would go to a gym and we would uh, lift weights and we'll work out and our body starts to trim down and our body starts to look fit and our body starts to look the way that we want it to look in the mirror. That's the same way we have to use our faith. So a lot of people are looking at people in the body of Christ and they're saying, oh, why should they have a, why should they have, you know, this type of a car? Why should they have this type of church? Why should they have this type of business? Why should they have this type of, uh, all of these, you know, things that they've went to school for? Should it be degrees? I want to explain something to you um, today is that when you look at what is the outer things, those are just things that particular person had to have some type of level of faith to accomplish the mission. Okay, and even unbelievers will have will will use this principle, and they may not call it faith, but they're used they're still using a principle to get or believe the the things that they don't see, and so. But as believers today, I'm talking to the believers more so today is that we have to use this level of faith because without it, it's impossible to please God. So I want to start there first. Understanding who we are, kingdom individuals, kingdom citizens, living by a different standard. We don't live by this standard, right? We don't go by what our job will say. That's the amount of money you should have every two weeks or whenever you get paid. No, God has put something on the inside of you to for you to be a blessing to the entire world. And if you would just tap into what God has given you, there's no boundaries there. There's nothing that can stop you but yourself. There's nothing that can stop you. The only person that can stop you is yourself. And a lot of times we will talk ourselves out of that blessing. We will try to make sense of it. Well, faith doesn't make sense. I want to tell you today, faith doesn't make sense. 
And so we have to remember that anything that we're going to do in the earth, anything that we're going to take dominion over, it cannot be done by our natural senses. It has to be done by faith. So let's start. We're going to start today by talking about Samson, what happened initially with Samson. I want to start reading from Judges, the 13th chapter, the first verse. And this was the birth of Samson. It says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you're going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. So we're going to jump down. Let's look at verse 14 of 13. The angel of the Lord answered, Your wife must do all that I have told her. Now he was the angel now is talking to Manoah, her husband. Samson's father. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I've commanded her, Manoah said to the angel of the Lord. We would like you to stay until we prepare a young goat for you. The angel of the Lord replied, even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. So Manoah did not realize that it was the angel of the Lord. Okay. At this point, he didn't take, he didn't understand that um, this was an angel. So then Manoah took a young goat together with the grain offering and sacrificed it on the rock to the Lord. And the Lord did an amazing thing while Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame blazed up from the altar towards heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell with their faces to the ground. And when the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Manoah and his wife, Manoah realized that it was the angel of the Lord. How God came to the parents and had confirmed how this young boy, Samson, was to be raised. I want to talk to the parents today and, and, and encourage you. When God has told you something about your child and the special gift or the specialness that's on your child, you will have to stand by that even when people don't stand by you. Yes, it may be a lonely place, but if God told you to protect that child for a specific portion in their life to come, then that is your responsibility. I want to go to verse 24. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Mahanadan between Zor and Estol. All right, so let's stop there. So we see here in the story of Samson how the parents were already informed about how Samson was to be raised and then how they were to continue to raise him. Specifically, they were not supposed to cut his hair. He was not supposed to drink any anything from the grapevine, any wine or fermented drink, okay? And that was going to uh, that was going to affect Samson as he grew older. Well, today's topic topic is why it's important to protect the anointing on your life. And so I want to talk about a couple things as it pertains to how to protect the anointing on your life. Later, we see in Judges 16 how when Israel was in bondage, Samson was a judge there. and He was also a deliverer. Samson was anointed for a time to free the Israelites. And God's anointing is absolutely necessary for us to accomplish his will. Make no mistakes. Our families and our nations today need more people to be anointed by God. Anointed in the White House. Anointed in their spheres of business. Anointed in the school system. Anointed in the places of worship. 
anointed all over this world. And so when we work under the anointing of God, a lot of things become, it's not as hard, right? It's, it's, it's seamless. It's, it's not going to be a struggle. And not only that, we're put in a place where God can get glory and he can operate effectively the way that he wants to do it. So when we look, we see when we get to uh, Judges, the 16th chapter, the 20th verse, it says, The Philistine be upon thee. And Samson awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times and shake myself. But when he tried, the Lord had departed from him. Now I'm going to back up a little bit because this was a time when Samson was actually with Delilah. But before that, Samson had went and, you know, he, he married a regular woman. It was outside of the Hebrew origin to go outside and marry the woman. Now, he had went against one of the things, and this this is also important for parents. Um, he went against, of course, going outside of his custom and what he should and who he should have uh, married. After that, he was involved with a harlot from Gaza, and. It seems here to look, and you may want to agree, we may agree, you may not, but Samson had a little issue with women. So when Samson dealt with the woman from Gaza, that was also out of the Hebrew custom, okay? And now Samson had became so, um, so strong and might, you know, he was, he was able to kill a thousand men at, at, at any time when, when he had to go against um, the Philistines, he killed a, a thousand of them at, at one time. He, he he wrestled with a lion and defeated the lion, right? And so he became a man of, he was strong. But I want to remind you, every time Samson went to defeat or needed this strength, he called on God. Every time he prayed before he did or accomplished that mission. So it was never in Samson's strength. He, he recognized who had the strength. He called on God. Now, we get to Delilah. And at this time, the Philistines were hot with Samson because he was this man of strength. Um, he was going to deliver the, the, the Israelites. God had anointed him to be a deliverer. But God had also, by this time, made Samson a judge. So now Samson was, uh, Delilah was working with, you know, her people to bring Samson down. And that's why this, it says here, when Samson awoke, he had recognized that the, the, that the Lord had left him, that God had left him. Now, what was said is that Samson did not know that the anointing of God had departed. And so I want to remind you, many people today are operating and even praying and preaching without the anointing, and they don't even know it. I put something here. It says, if you honor, if you learn to honor and, and protect the anointing in your life, the same anointing will protect you. If you learn to honor and protect the anointing on your life, the same anointing will protect you. So we need to understand that man was not anointed for himself, but was anointed for the purposes of God on earth. And what every believer then needs to pursue is not the anointing, but the purposes of God for which he or she was anointed. God's anointing propels the believer, just like Samson, to do the impossible. And our responsibility is to acknowledge that God has placed his anointing upon all believers, all believers. And then we need to give Holy Spirit full sway to operate through us in the earth. So part of that, God gives us the anointing, but then we have to submit and understand that we need to give Holy Spirit the full authority to operate through us in the earth. So a couple of things I want to talk about today and the lessons that we can learn from, from Samson. Number one, protect the anointing by, know who, by knowing who to run to when you're under pressure. Okay, Judges 16 and 16 says Delilah pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. And when he was beat down and worn out, he told her all his heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I will become weak. 
and be like any other man. See, his power was not in his hair necessarily, but it was in consecration to the Lord. So I want to ask you today, what is that one thing that you consecrate that you're constantly putting before God and you're asking God to do in your life? Because if you're not doing that, we need to get back to the basics. We need to understand that there is something that we consecrate as with having the anointing in our life. We need to understand that we have this maybe two or three things, but we have to consecrate that one thing that's in our life so God can understand that we honor and we protect. See, spiritual power is found in obedience and consecration. So I'll give an example. One of the things that I fight for all the time is to make time for God every day. Every day. Every day I need to hear from God. I need to talk to God. And every day I need to meditate. Now, some people may say, I get too busy. I don't have time. There's always time. There's time even though we may be doing something and I, and I get this, a lot of us have really busy schedules. You can talk to God while you're washing your face. You can talk to God while you're driving your car. You can talk to God while you're, you know, waking up in the morning, sitting on the side of your bed. So it's, it's always that one thing that you want to, um, you want to consecrate. What Delilah did is she beat him down so bad. And this is the exact thing that the enemy will do to us. If we're not careful, the enemy will know or want to know, you know, why are you operating like this? Where is this coming from? And we always have to be mindful of of our weaknesses. And that's why the Bible states that God isn't attracted to um, the wonderful world in the scripture, the wonderful things in us. God is attracted to the weak things. That's why it says when you're weak, say that you're strong in your weakness. He says, I am your strength. So when we're weak, we have to acknowledge him so that that the enemy doesn't come in like he did with Samson, try to beat you down. And the next thing you know, you're, you're somewhere telling everything about everything. No, protect your anointing. Number two, protect the anointing by guarding your heart from outside forces. In verses 18 through 19, we read Delilah said that he had told her all his heart. See that? Protect your heart. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up here once more, for he has told me all his heart. Then she pulled, she lulled him to sleep and called for a man to shave his hair. Samson should have fled her presence once he noticed her deception in prior encounters. See, he already had a, a hint of what Delilah was about. And I'm gonna tell you, there's a saying that they said they all I always hear. When a person shows you who they are, believe them. When a person shows you who they are, believe them. Okay? Um, not to say you can't forgive them or, you know, and only God can change that. And even after God changed that, look for the fruit of that change in their life. Look for the fruit. Uh, she lulls him to sleep. And then sin fascinates, then assassinates. You see that? Sin fascinates. Oh, you get so fascinated with the the prettiness of the woman, the the shape of the woman, the 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 face and the you know the hair of the woman. But then guess what? Sin comes in to kill you. It comes in to assassinate. So you can't defeat your demons if you're still enjoying the company with them. The thing is, when you understand that there are forces that wants to kill the anointing, why? Remember. I shared this on Facebook the other day. It's never about us. It's always about God. So when something, when when the enemy comes in to attack you, it's coming in for the purpose that resides on the inside of you. That purpose is to fulfill the will of God here on the earth that he has called you and I to do. It's never about us. So when we get attacked, and we think that, oh, this person is talking about me. Guess what? That's a sidebar. That's a distraction. That's now coming in because you have, you may have struggled with the fact that, you know, people have always talked about you. So the enemy doesn't come with anything new. He's not God. He's not sovereign. He comes with something where he can try to get you to stay off focus so you won't fulfill the purpose that's on your life. You'll be strolling through Facebook. You'll be looking at everyone else, living their best life, 
And guess what? You're not living your best life because you've you've allowed him to distract you. And then you're mad about something that he knows he can distract you with. So you want to guard your heart. Guarding your heart means you're guarding your emotions and decisions as well as your time. You can make a decision when you get when the enemy comes in and he tries to distract you so you can get off point. At that point, you can make a decision whether you're going to pay it any attention or whether you're going to put the word of God on it. And every day we're left with decisions to make. Every day someone will offend us. Every day something may not happen good in our life. Every day we may come up against something that uh, our finances, our career, our health, you know, every day we have to make a decision to guard our emotions and to continue to allow the word of God to be our light so that we can stay on the path. And eventually if we stay on this path and please God, he said in his word, acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll give you the desires of your heart. See? We have so many promises. But again, as kingdom citizens, as being the remnant of God, we have to remember that we cannot be governed by this world. And if we can remember that, and if we can remember that our our constitution is the Bible, if we can remember to go to the word of God every time we encounter something that comes to hinder or, or propel us to distraction, guess what? We'll be able to defeat the enemy every time he comes to try to take us off course. He's a liar. But look what happened to Samson. So today, I want to encourage you to choose your words and your friends carefully. If you have not done so, take an inventory of your words. When you're about to speak the wrong words, catch yourself. Stop. Think. And then choose your friends carefully. Are your friends pushing you towards what God is saying? Are your friends saying things that inspire you? That'll help you? Or are your friends always wanting to know what you're about to do? Where are you going? How did that happen for you? Right? Because look, Delilah was all she wanted to know. Be careful. When people always have to know everything, that's a red flag. I'm sorry to say it. It could be your own family. But you have to protect the anointing that is on your life. You want to spend time doing things that will build you up spiritually and not things that's going to pull you down. Because those things that's pulling you down, guess what? It's really pulling, literally pulling you down from going up. Because you're, 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 you going up is doing what God is telling you to do. Number three. We want to protect the anointing by staying humble. We want to live a life of humility. You'll be surprised by how many times pride will block our blessings. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 5, he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So, again, with Samson, when Delilah said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson awoke from his sleep and he said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. He thought, I can handle this. I got this. I'm Samson. I'm the mighty man of God. But he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. Had Samson humbled himself and, and repented immediately, he might have been restored. He may have. I don't know. I just believe that when we repent and we find where we where we fell quickly, God is He's faithful to forgive us. So I just believe that God would have restored him once a person sins. The spirit of God can withdraw from them. And so we don't want to quench or grieve the spirit that's within. The question I want to ask, is there any area where compromise has entered our life because we let our guard down? Is there any place where we acknowledge God? We we say we love God. We gave our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. But have we compromised with something? Have we have we got involved in in any way with something that may have um, 
fascinated you in a way where it blinded your eyes and actually you're serving another God. At times, what I find for myself is I have to come off of social media because if not careful, that becomes a God. I have to come off of looking at different sports, football, basketball. I love women's college basketball. You know, my friend is a coach for one of the best basketball colleges here in, in, in the United States. But a lot of times I have to come from it when it's on in season, even during the season. And it's a short season. I have to still consecrate and acknowledge that I don't make that a God. Entertainment can be a God, right? Anything, because the fruit of the spirit says love, peace, joy, temperance. Temperance is knowing when and when not to you know, when you, when to step back a little bit, when to go forth, we have to have, um, temperance in our life and we have to acknowledge that nothing else should take that place of God. And we can't compromise. We can't say, okay, God, I'll give you this, but I won't give you that. No, God wants to be everything to us and, or we'll find ourselves doing things without any anointing. And, and I don't want the anointing, the anointing of God to leave my life. When now that I understand and you understand what it took to get in a place with God for him to use us mightily as his vessel. And it's a blessing to be used by God. That's a wonderful feeling to be used by God, to be able to say, God, you allow me to go forth and lay hands and heal the sick. Because he said, greater works you shall do. You allow me to go and serve. And as a result of me serving you bless my household and I'm lacking no good thing or God, you've allowed me little old me who made all these mistakes now to have this unsurmountable peace, even in a time of death and trouble and turmoil, you've allowed me humility. And that's where God wants us to. He wants us at and to get back to. So I want to encourage you today to stay humble before God. And if you have compromised in any way, you can turn back to God. Before we end the podcast today, I want to do the prayer of salvation. But I do want to finish here. So like Sam Sampson, that passion that he once had, I'm sorry, when he had that purity towards knowing he shouldn't have gotten his hair cut, that's the purity that God wants for us to, to acknowledge his word in our life. And this, and, and, and we have to be careful because being pure and using God's word can be easily exchanged for the pollutants of the world. Because we're dealing with people in the world. We're dealing with worldly situations. That's why we have to realize we're not of this world. We have to understand that God is using us as an ambassador, whoever, however he's using us in this world. But when we work, like I went, if I'm working at my job and things are I'm under pressure, I have to remember not to respond in a way that my coworker may respond. I'll give you an example. I remember working a job. And when I was working this particular job, no one liked the manager at the time. So my coworkers would ask me, Jackie, why are you working so hard? She doesn't even do this, this, and this for us. She doesn't, she's not professional enough. She's not following up on our requests. Our department is falling behind and you're still working hard. Are you crazy? That's what they literally told me. And at that moment, I knew everything they said was right. Everything that they mentioned was right. But I had to make a choice. And if I had not had the word of God on the inside of me, I may have made the wrong choice. Like some of them were. But I couldn't hold them responsible because they didn't have this relationship with God like I had. And I knew they did Right. And so immediately the word of God says, you don't work unto man. You work unto me. See the difference. And I kept working. I said, thank you, Lord, for your word. That's why we have to know the word of God. It's a light into our feet and a lamp into our path. And so when I um, looked up to them, I said, listen, we're going to be fine. Everything is going to work out. But I need you all to know that my what I do, I don't do unto to man. I work unto God. 
and they looked at me because they knew my life. They knew my relationship. I would come in, different ones want to pray. You know, so I had to also let them know, even in the marketplace, the workplace, I work unto God. And this is going to, this too will pass. And so what, what, what was projected was my, the anointing of God at that moment, which shifted the entire, my, thank you, Lord, the entire atmosphere. And I said, listen, you guys do what you have to do because there's going to come a day when you may not be here any longer and you're going to need a reference. You're going to need someone to speak on your behalf, or you're going to need to your work to have proven for you. And we all got back to work and we focused and we moved forward. Now, I could have said in my own power, oh, we're going to stay diligent. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, I humbled myself and I allowed the word of God to speak to me, to direct me as I directed them by the word of God. So it wasn't it wasn't me. It was me being used by God. And that's the beautiful thing of being humble. We have to know we're the source of our help and our power our knowledge and our understanding comes from. Why? Because we were created to please God. If you don't know your purpose today, that is your number one purpose. Your purpose, you were created to please God. As you please God, he opens up more to you and now he releases the next step on how to please him. And that is how we find and live and, 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 and serve in our purpose. I was once there as well. I didn't know my purpose. I didn't understand some things. But God allowed it. He allowed. He allowed for me to learn. Allowed for me to understand. And as a result. Um, today I'm able to. You know talk about his goodness. And so number three. Well, let me back up. Yeah, number three. Pride also destroys our spiritual power. And it hinders us from the filling for God's spirit to fill up our lives. It affects our home. Our homes. It affects our places of work. If everything that God calls us to do is compromised, then when we allow the pride in our lives, um, we just... We just you know, counteracting something that we don't want to happen. And eventually, if we don't repent, we find ourselves in the same spiritual condition as Samson. And what happened? He knew not that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. He didn't know. So protecting the anointing by staying focused on the goal while waiting on God, that's number four. Protect the anointing by staying focused on the goal while waiting for God. In verse 21, we read that the Philistines took Samson and put put out his eyes. They bound him and he became a grinder in the prison. Spiritual eyesight keeps us focused in the right direction. So a lot of times the goal of the enemy is to cloud our vision. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28 and 29, you will grope at noon as the blind man gropes in darkness and you will not prosper in your ways. When we focus on the goal of fulfilling God's call and set our sights on Christ, it's difficult to knock us off course. See, the loss of spiritual insight often leads to the prison of bondage and shame. So Samson was here, God's chosen vessel, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and now he finds himself bound and hopeless. And when the devil is controlling you, you are like a grinder in the prison. You are barely hanging on as you go through the emotions. Now we read in verse 22, we read these wonderful and encouraging words. The hair of his head began to grow again. Hallelujah. You see that? And as Samson no doubt repented and prayed and trust again in God, his strength became, came back to him. So the same holds true for us. When we, when we repent and we wait on God and we're praying and we're seeking his face, we're strengthened again. To go out again and do the mighty exploits for the Lord Jesus Christ. And waiting on God, I want to tell you today, you are not wasting your time. Some people may be going before you and doing some things and it seems like everybody is just moving along and you're just waiting on God. I, I want to encourage you to wait on God. 
Don't go before your time. Don't be don't go before the set time that God has ordained for your life. Because if we go out before that time, guess what? We're going to have to come back and wait again anyway. And we may make more of a wreck going out before than waiting on God. Because there's purpose in waiting on God. There's revelation while you're waiting on God. There's understanding while you're waiting on God. There is a power that is released to you when you're waiting on God. And most of all, when you're waiting on God, he's humbling you. He's getting you ready. He's strengthening you for the journey. He's upguarding you with his angels of protection. He's covering you with the blood of Jesus. Guess what? And then he's putting his word on the inside of you that you will be a powerful, mighty warrior going out into battle to do what God has called you to do. Remember, you want to wait on God. Number five, protect the anointing by remembering who you are, even when others are talking and taunting you. Even when people are talking and taunting you. Samson was brought into a large arena at the time when he was in front of the Philistines, Philistines, and they laughed and they jeered at him and, and that he was defeated. See, now he was bounded. They was laughing. They was taunting him. And and taunting comes during seasons of victory and defeat. So when people are talking about you, let them talk. The Bible says even in Psalms, and I will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. But guess what happens next? And my cup, my cup, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy. Come on now. How can I get happy about that right there? So we want to remember as kingdom citizens, when people talk about us, laugh. Smile at them. And guess what? I get I guarantee you it's going to confuse the enemy every time because then they're, they're gonna you might even know they're talking about you. Take them a cup of coffee. Why why did you think the Bible my God? Why do you think God said in the Bible, what good is it that you do good to them that do good to you? But the blessing is when you do good to them that you know is doing evil towards you and they despitefully use you. Why? For this reason. Because your victory and defeat is coming forward next. But guess what? How do you set that thing up nice? How do you set it up nice? You set it up because you still want to please God in the midst of them taunting you. See? Because why? You understand as a kingdom citizen and as kingdom a kingdom ambassador that you're not governed by these set of rules. So it's not going to make sense to those that's taunting you. But it makes sense to God. It makes sense to the victory that you're about to walk into. It's going to make sense when the enemy is defeated. Why do you think he said, I make your enemy your footstool? We have to have enemies, people of God. It's necessary. Because without the enemies, there's no victory. There's no defeat. So when they brought Samson in front of the Philistines, guess what happened? They torn him. They laughed at him, but what they didn't know was Samson had, my God, he had already made an agreement and repented unto God. His hair was growing back. He had, he was already understanding some things. See? And then we have a a mountaintop experience. Yeah, you're going to have a valley experience, but remember the mountain. It says, though we walk through the valley, we're not sitting in the valley. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff is with me. They comfort me. So in that valley, the word of God, his grace, his peace, they're comforting us. Because you want to have a mountaintop experience. I need you to stop right there and give God praise for your mountaintop experience for where God is about to take you because you have been in a valley right now and God is letting you know as means through me that guess what your mountaintop experience is yet to come for those that have talked about you and are taunting you let them talk let them taunt because God has a victory that he wants to release in the presence of your enemies not that you would get the glory but that they will know that the God that you serve is able to bring you out and still keep you in the midst of your trouble come on and give God some praise right there that is a perfect place to get up where you are and stomp your feet and give him some praise on today open your mouth and just tell him thank you God thank you Jesus thank you for covering me even in my valley experience because my season of victory and defeat 
You're going to walk into victory and you're going to defeat that enemy by continuing to trust God. Let him taunt you. Let him taunt you. Amen. So the enemies of God will always taunt us, but that's all that they can do. God always get the last word. Always gets the last word. Number six. Hallelujah. Number six, protect the anointing by calling on God. Listen, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know who to talk to, when tears are running down your eyes and you feel overwhelmed, I don't care where you are, talk to God. There's nothing you can do that will separate us from his love. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. What happens is we leave him and we forsake him. Because the enemy comes in when we fall short in sin and tell us now, why would you want to talk to him? Look what you've done. Look what you've done. And you a child of God? You're back to doing what you used to do. That's nothing but the enemy. That's that's That comes from the enemy. Because the Bible, it states in Romans, there is now for no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So once you've given your heart to God, there is now for no condemnation. It's not to say we're supposed to stay in sin, but God ain't condemning us. God is, listen, God ain't, is not even condemning as we are sinners. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So when you don't know what to do and you want to protect that anointing and you know you may have done something that compromised you and your anointing that God has put on the inside of you, call out to God. See, Samson did this in verse 28. He says, then Samson called to the Lord saying, oh, Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray just this once, oh God, that I may be with one blow, take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. He wanted his eyes to get back on track. Simply cry out, oh God, remember me. Guess what? When you cry out, God hears us. He hears us according to our heart. That's why I love him. Because he judges us by our heart. People judge judges us by our, what we do. And, but God looks at the heart. Look how wonderful David was, was restored so many times in the Bible. Because he had a heart. He said, he said I blessed David because he, he was a man after God's own heart. And that's why we need the mind, the heart, the will of God. We need it in our life. Because there will be times when we will fall short. There will be times when we may not, we may miss the mark. But if our heart get back to that place, God help me. God, I don't want to be like this. God, I need you to, to show yourself strong in my life. He hears us. And then number seven, protect the anointing by knowing where to put your hands. See, a lot of times we're so busy doing everything. But we don't understand that God don't want us doing everything. God wants our hands to be in the place that he ordained our hands to be. I want to read this. Samson took hold of two pillars which supported the temple and he braced himself again. This verse 29 and 20 and 30. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines, Philistines. And he pushed with all his might and the temple fell on the people who were with it. The Bible notes that the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his life. That's crazy. The dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his life. God, great then and there, is letting you know that he restored Samson. He restored Samson. And even though Samson died, he let, let it be known through his strength that more were wiped out. So just like Samson, we can recapture our focus, we can regain our strength, and we can finish this race with grace. It's in times of, of tough times and despair when we put our feet on the neck of the enemy and we pull down the pillars of bondage and sin that we will be able to see that God will strengthen us to fight again. 1 John 2 and 20 says that all believers have an anointing from the Holy One. In Acts 10.38, we read that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. The word Christ actually means anointed one. And so, the more anointed a person is, the more the world will hate them. Remember that. 
The more anointed a person is, the more the world will hate them. The world loves the darkness of sin. They love it. They lash out at those who are truly filled with God's spirit. Truth today is offensive. You know, when you speak the truth, people don't want to hear it no anymore. Even Daniel was warned of a time when Satan will wear down the saints of the highest one. Read Daniel 7.25. And 1 John 2.27 says, But as for you, the anointing which you are received from him abides in you. Just as the gifts of God are irrevocable, so is the anointing of God. So remember that every believer is supernaturally empowered with divine anointing to do the anointed task. And God has blessed the body of Christ with so many different gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's, it's given to us to empower us to do the will here on earth through the anointing, through the anointing, through the anointed one. So just as you and I have the knowledge and honor God's anointing upon our lives, we have to recognize it and we have to we have to protect it daily. Protect it daily. First John 2.27 Just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything and is true and is no falsehood, you must abide in. That means you want to live in and never depart from him, being rooted in him, which is Christ, knit to him, just as his anointing has taught you to do. There's keys to honoring your anointing. I wanted to talk today and come on about this because it really, really touched me on how and why the body at this time in our lives, we are to really protect the anointing in our lives because it's going to get, it's going to become more intense as we go throughout the world. And, and, and again, we're not of this world, right? Um, We're in this world, but we have to still operate knowing what's on the inside of us. And when we know people and things and, and situations come against that to try to dull that power that lies on the inside of us, we have to remember to protect it. We have to remember these tools of, of what to do and, and who to talk to and where to go and who to cry out to. We have to remember. And so I just want to say again, number one was protect the anointing by knowing who to run to when you're under pressure. Protect the anointing by guarding your heart because the enemy will come and it will try to affect us. Protect the anointing by staying humble, by knowing who who's your who is your help and where your help come from. Attack, protect the anointing by staying focused on the goal while waiting on God. I'm waiting right now, people of God, for God to do some, something miraculous. Now, when I say I'm waiting, I'm working while I'm waiting. I'm, I'm doing my research. I'm getting places, things in place because I know it's about to come. But while I'm waiting, I'm trusting God. I'm staying focused. Yes, things coming up. Yes, they are. Am I being pulled this way? Oh, absolutely. But in that wait, I'm still trusting God and I'm still saying, you know, God, I'm going to put all my ducks in a row because there is going to be there's going to come a time when the release is going to happen. And I want to be able to walk through that door. I want to be able to know that it's God. And guess what? In that time, I'm waiting, but I'm waiting on God. Number five. Protect the anointing by remembering who you are, even when others are talking and taunting you. Remember who you are. Remember. And don't forget to do good to those that despitefully talk about you. And you know that they're doing evil. Why? Because in your doing, you're pleasing God. And when you please God, there is no good thing that he will withhold from them that walk uprightly. Now, while you're pleasing God, petition him. Make your petitions known. God, I need you to save my loved one. God, I need you to provide a way. God, I need you to open the door. It's already done, but let him know. Because it says we have not because we've asked not. So let God know. Don't be scared. He loves us. He want to give us the good things. He want to bless us. He want, there, he want there to be a demonstration here on the earth 
so others will know that the God we talk about is who he say he is. But when he releases it to you, the thing I want you to do is don't forget to credit your source. Don't forget to say, oh, God opened that door. God provided that career. God allowed that family member to get saved. Remember to sort, cite your source. Number six, protect the anointing by calling on God. Because we will get in times of trouble and turmoil and hurt and, and, and have to grieve. Our loved ones will leave here. But don't forget, don't forget to call on God. Seven, protect the anointing by knowing where to put your hands. We didn't really go over this one too much. And I want to talk about it. Um, we said how Samson, well, he did. We did go over it. He put his hands on the pillars. So he knew that in order to defeat these enemies that were before me, and he knew he had did something, he would have to leave with them. But he knew where to put his hands. Put your hands where the enemy is defeated. So don't put your hands in places and things and situations that's not going to defeat the enemy. No, put your hands in places that's going to defeat the enemy. If that means serving, if that means violence, put your hands in places where you want an opportunity. I remember I was, I had moved to a new state and I was like, Lord, I left a good job. I was making two salaries and I was like, well, God, if you did it before, you could do it again. You told me to move. I moved on faith. You said faith will please you and it's impossible to have not to please you without it. So God do it again. Holy Spirit spoke to me that day. He said, go find a place where you could serve. And because at the time I had the income and I didn't have, I wasn't stressed about money. He said, go find a place where you could serve. And you're going to know because I'm going to show you where the need is the greatest. Well, I found the place where I could serve. And this was teaching um, adults who needed to go back to school and get their GEDs. And I was teaching math and I was teaching English. Volunteers serving now. Who would have known within a year's time, God had opened up a door for me to work at one of the most top hospitals in Atlanta, Georgia, over their learning and development department. Don't tell me what God can't do. See, that's why he said, I'll, I'll, I'll take the small things and confide the wise. Now, that would have looked like a small thing to someone. And I was telling my family, oh, I'm teaching the, the adults at how to get their GEDs. And they're coming back after week, week after week. Um, you know, I passed my GED. I got my GED. And I was so happy I would cry with them because you don't know the stories of people who've really been through and why they may have had, had to leave school and not finish high school. And they would come back and tell me and we would have lunch and I would, you know, we would have like a whole celebration and things like that. And I mean, I took this volunteer, the serving that I was doing, I took it so serious. I showed up on time. I made sure my materials were copied. I mean, I treated them like they were just as like you wouldn't even know. Because God told me to do it. And whatever we do for God, we want to do it with everything that's in us. And as a result, who would have known? Who would have known? And I said, wow. One day I was sitting in my office looking over the entire city of Atlanta. Standing in my office. And I said, God, you are a great God. You are a mighty God. And I will never question what you tell me to do. And so I want to close out on that on today. Um, I want to close out on that because somebody today is, is listening and somebody may or will listen. I hope that you found substance, that it blessed you, that you will go forth in the things of God, looking to the author and the finisher of your faith, not looking to the left or the right, but remembering to stay focused on God. Remember that what he's put on the inside of you from birth. He told Jeremiah, I formed you in your mother's womb. I know the plans that I have for you. And that's for you too. And it's for me. It's plans to prosper us. And to bring us to an a good expected end. So remember, before you were even born into this world... God had already ordained the anointing that is on your life. 
protect the anointed. Understand the anointed. Honor the anointed. And most of, most of all, consecrate your life so that God can use you to go out into this dying world and impact others so they will know who our God is. He is the true and he is the living God. And above them, there is no other. My word says that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And so I thank you on today. I thank you for all the listeners that have joined in. I may not see all of you. Um, one day I will come on on my Facebook. So I want you to get connected with us. Join us on Facebook at The Ribbed Podcast. Also, feel free to join us on Instagram. And continue to stay connected with us here at Podbean. I will put the links in the comments as we go forth here on Podbean on how to get connected with us on social media. And that way you can like, you can share, and you can be an evangelist with us today and, and put this message out for someone else to hear. For someone else to know the anointing that's on the inside of them is to be protected. As I stated, we're going to pray if someone is listening today has not given your life to Christ and you want to become part of this awesome kingdom of God. And you want to be governed by a different set of principles. I want you to say this this prayer with me on today. If you're not in a Bible-believing church, I would love for you to seek a Bible-believing church that could teach you the principles of God. That you will walk in progressive salvation and have this awesome relationship that I'm talking about today. If you're here with me on the line or if you're here at a later time, listen, repeat repeat this prayer with me. Father God, I thank you for another opportunity that you have allowed me to come before your presence. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. And you, God, you, Lord, now lives in me. Thank you, Lord, that I am saved. And I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life in Jesus name. Amen. Listen, if you just said that prayer, you are now saved. The angels of heaven, you may not see it, but they are rejoicing. Hallelujah. And I'm rejoicing with you. Why? Because you have now transitioned over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And you're going to know as you continue to go after the things of God, that God is going to keep you, preserve you, bless you as you move into another dimension, the fourth dimension, which we talked about just a little bit of faith. Because why? It's impossible to please God unless we have faith. And what you did just now by stating that prayer of salvation was a statement of faith. You are now saved. And so I thank you on joining today. I want you to know at all costs to protect the anointing that is on your life. When we protect and honor the anointing, there's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing that God released to us. I thank you for joining me today on the Remnant Podcast. Continue to like, share, and comment on our Facebook page. Share and share. And I need you to stay connected with us on Podbean. If you have any prayer requests, feel free to send it to KingdomPower0916 at gmail.com. Send us your prayer requests so we can pray with you and that you can be abreast of everything that happens here on the podcast. I would love to have someone come on, some of the listeners, and join me one day on the podcast to talk about your testimony. I would love to have you all contact me through Facebook and be a part of this show. And let's talk about the goodness of God. People today have to know there's a need in the in the world for them to know your testimony, and what God has done for you. 
So be blessed. I love you all with the love of the Lord. Listen, I take my time after the show and I look and see who all have joined the show. I pray with you. I pray over you. I pray for your families. And before we leave today, we will close out in prayer. Again, I'm your host, Jackie Wade. I thank God for you and continue to be blessed. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, God, and we thank you. We thank, thank you for your word that you've deposited in me, your vessel today, for the people of God, for your kingdom. God, that they will be blessed, Lord God. And so today, God, as your people listen or will listen, continue to light their path and, and continue to guide their feet, Father, like only that you can do. For you are the God of gods. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And before you, there is no other. So Lord, today, if there has been any compromise, Father, we, we ask that you will forgive us of our sins. Forgive us that we may have been ignorant of what we have done. Go before us, Lord. Continue to be our God and light, our strength, our power, our source. Father, we thank you for a mind to want to serve you, to want to know more about you. And so for each person, God, be uh, that let them be that vessel for you, God. The anointed that resides on the inside of them. Use it like never before. Lord, give us insight, understanding, and wisdom and revelation to know to protect what you have put on the inside of us to honor what you have put on the inside of us. Lord God, continue to consecrate our lives. Give us uh, the exact thing, situation or issue that or what we need to consecrate up to you. And Father, we'll be so faithful to give you the glory, the honor and the praise. It is in Jesus name that we pray. Amen. Listen, be blessed today. Go forth in the power of God. And again, I love you. I'm your host, Jackie Wade. Have a blessed day.